You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots of stuff to keep us busy on this uh, Friday edition. One hour, of course, to run through it all as we take you up until 6 o'clock. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The daily poll question is up for today. We've done it again. Uh, not a lot of time before the start of the show, but we squeezed it right in there perfectly. Uh, we have week 12 right in front of us in the NFL. Does it feel like week 12 already? I kind of feel like it should just be like midseason at this point, even with the Giants and Jets being uh, very difficult to watch week in and week out. Well, it's not, it's already underway, right? Because uh, we had Thursday night football last night. The Texans beat the Colts. In case you uh, went to bed early or you were not able to stay up, you're just getting up, just getting rolling on this Friday morning. Final 20-17. to 17. So the Texans, with that win, take charge in the AFC South. Now, if you did not see the game, and I would think you're probably, you didn't probably record the game, right? You're not going to go back and watch it later. You'll see the highlights, Sports Center, all these things. You are not going to believe what happened last night. This is crazy. The officials in the game blew another key call. They blew a call that very well could have determined the outcome of the game. I know what you're saying. The NFL officials, I know. Those guys. But Gordon, don't they have replay? Yes, they do. And while they didn't formally review the play, apparently, according to reports, the the main office here in New York, they looked at it, and they didn't see anything uh, wrong with the play, despite the fact that I, also sitting in New York, not at the league office, just in my little studio here, with my little old laptop, with a little old Wi-Fi, have been able to find evidence that absolutely it was a fumble. Now, the, the play came with 148 to go, and the Colts trailing, as I said, by three. Colts clearly forced a fumble, clear, crystal clear, clearly recovered the fumble, clear, crystal clear, on video, my little old laptop that I stole from my son, because mine still doesn't work, not formally reviewed, game-changing call. But hey, I mean, look, it's the Texans and the Colts, it only affects like the playoff possibilities, right? It only affects a division. It's only a key call in the key moment of a key game. No biggie, right? Now, the biggie yesterday, the big story, I'm sure you probably heard this by now, and certainly want to hear from you, 1-800-919-ESPN. The big story in the NFL yesterday was Miles Garrett, the Cleveland Browns defensive end, had his appeal. I guess his appeal was actually on Wednesday, but yesterday... The news got out that in his appeal of that indefinite suspension, that among his defense claims was that Mason Rudolph, the Steelers quarterback, used a racial slur during the altercation. And that's why he reacted the way that he did. Well, generally, if you listen to the show, you know that when we have cases like this, he said, he said, I will be the first to admit, we weren't there. We don't 
actually know. And many times in cases like this, people jump to conclusions based on very little evidence, one-sided evidence, hell, no evidence at all. Just because you don't have any facts doesn't impact your hot take quotient, right? You still have to have an opinion on what happened based on whatever evidence is available. And if no evidence is available, well, then you're allowed to just go off the rails. So I was not there. You were not there. I don't know. You don't know. But based on what we do know, I will say this. It's very, very hard for me to believe that that happened. Why would I say that? Well, there's literally no evidence that it happened. The league could not find any evidence that it happened. Now, just because the league couldn't find any evidence doesn't mean that it didn't happen either. Maybe the, the, the microphones that are used by the quarterback or pointed at the play or sideline, maybe the noise was too great. Maybe there was problems with whatever. Just because the league came out and said they didn't find any evidence doesn't mean that it didn't happen. But that's not the only reason why I feel that way. The fact that the Steelers, teammates, people bring this up, right? All support Mason Rudolph. They all say, we know this did not happen. But again, maybe they don't even know, right? It's two guys wrestling on the ground. Who knows what could happen there? It, could it happen? Sure, it could happen. The Browns players themselves seemed, according to reports, surprised when this got brought up. I saw one report that Baker Mayfield seemed like he was shocked that this was part of the defense. More reasons why I think that this is almost an impossibility of happening. Miles Garrett, he reacted the way he did on the field, right, in the heat of the moment. Right after it happened, this thing spurred him on. I, I don't know. Did Trevor Simeon also? I mean, it's not like Miles Garrett does not have a reputation at this point as going off the rails. Maybe not to the extent of ripping someone's helmet off and bashing him in the head with it, but still, it's not like this came clear out of the blue, right? So Miles Garrett reacts the way he did on the field. And not that that would be justified, but, you know, like sometimes in life it's like, well, yeah, that's not right, but you kind of understand, right? So I'm not going to say that it would be right if it did happen for Miles Garrett to react the way it did, but at least it would be put in the ballpark of, all right, and if you said that, well, then you're going to kind of, you kind of have something coming to you. I don't know if it's that, but it's something. So Miles Garrett reacted the way he did when it happened. But when he was in the, when he was in the locker room after the game, and again, this didn't happen in the first quarter. It's not like he had hours to calm down and cool down. It happened right at the end of the game. It wasn't that long before people were in the locker room, didn't mention it. And seemed calm, seemed reserved. Didn't go, well, let me tell you what happened here. Didn't say that. Took a very calm and measured approach, which seems like uh, that would not be the general approach most people would have. And then finally, the last thing that I would say in terms of the circumstantial evidence, right? There's no smoking gun. There's no evidence that that has video and audio of the actual altercation. Uh, the last thing I would say is that, well, then why did Miles Garrett apologize to Mason Rudolph? He made a public apology. Now, that might have been written by the lawyers of the Cleveland Browns. 
but it had to have been given the approval of, of, of Miles Garrett. Why did he not say, whoa, 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 whoa. I have no problem taking a responsibility. I have no problem accepting the blame. I should have not reacted like that no matter what. But I am not going to personally apologize to Mason Rudolph after what happened. So is it possible that something did happen? I guess it seems pretty far out there. And it seems like this is Miles Garrett, He either he or his, his advisors, kind of looking to throw a Hail Mary. And the Hail Mary has not been received all that well. It's almost like the Hail Mary, the person throwing the Hail Mary, has had their helmet ripped off and bashed in the head with it. It's not gone over that well. So again, I wasn't there. We don't know. And just because there's no evidence doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. But if the NFL can come up with evidence that it did not happen, it's an indefinite suspension for Miles Garrett right now. Which you would think it probably will be for the remainder of this season. And then you would think that they'll allow him back at some point next year. I would think to start this, this season. I think that that would be fair. Uh, but if it turns out that they that it's not a case that they don't have evidence that, that anything happened, but that it, they have evidence that nothing happened, well, then whatever the indefinite suspension is should be even longer. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. That's the phone number. You know, Sean is in the, on the Cross Bronx, and uh, he's probably having a terrible time of it because he's on the Cross Bronx. So let's take his call right away. Sean, what's going on, my man? How's it going today? I'm good. What's up? I said a thing about Miles Garrett. If his story comes out false, yeah, should he be held accountable? Absolutely. For that, like, yeah, like a girl falsely accusing someone. Well, look, I, I mean, I didn't think. Uh, what do you do? You mean like in a court of law for like slander, or do you mean by from the league? From the league, he's, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, look, if it if, if it turns out, and I would think that the evi- the fact that the wording of it is that the NFL does not have any evidence that it did or did not happen. Uh, but if they have evidence that it clearly did not happen, that Miles Garrett is uh, making this up, which I, I grant you seems crazy that somebody would make up something like that. But I mean, what what other what 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 other take can you really have? None of the Steelers heard it. None of the Browns heard it. The NFL with cameras left and right. Now, are we sure that there's no evidence? Or are we? I guess it is possible that the league office in New York is reviewing the evidence and they're so bad at reviewing things that they just completely missed it, right? That That is a com- completely conceivable considering all the other reviews that go through New York and nothing ever comes of them, even though it's crystal clear. It's right there. He fumbled. The Colts recovered. So maybe Miles Garrett might want to work that into his defense. But if it turns out that the NFL does have clear evidence, audio, you know, video, you'd never be able to lip read. Maybe John Boy can get the lip reading out. Uh, but if they can go and find that there is literally no evidence, that they can look at the play, they can hear what was being said, then if that's true, and Miles Garrett made it up, yeah, absolutely, he has to be suspended even longer than indefinite. I don't know what indefinite is, but he needs a second suspension ba- uh, tacked on. And clearly, if it did happen, well, then Mason Rudolph uh, certainly should be suspended as well. And I was not in favor of uh, not suspending. I think that he should have probably gotten a game based on his actions in that uh, altercation. 
But if it turns out that Mason Rudolph did say that, well, then, yeah, he deserves a suspension, too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. So we're into week 12 of the NFL season, right? Things are moving along. Before the season, when we came into the NFL season, we had all different opinions about this team and that team. But we focused a lot of our opinions on what the Jets were going to do and what the Giants were going to do. And we spent all this time, and we have spent so much time, talking about one area specifically. The draft from two years ago. The decision of the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley ahead of Sam Darnold. So we're getting close. We had the full season last year, right? Where we spent tons of time analyzing that move. Who was right? Who was wrong? What do you need to see? So we're almost through year two. And I don't really feel like we've kind of gone back and revisited that decision at all. So our poll question today on this Friday as we get ready to week for week 12 and try to figure out some way to make both the Giants and Jets interesting in this lost season where even before Thanksgiving, playoffs were a rumor, right? They was already done that they weren't going. So we came up with one today. Our poll question is, who has had, in your eyes, not in anybody else's eyes, not in the eyes of Al Riveron, but in your eyes, the more disappointing second season? Has it been Sam Darnold or has it been Saquon Barkley? I think you'd have to term both seasons as being disappointing, right? Nobody would have thought this, even after throwing four touchdown passes against the uh, Washington, the vaunted Washington Redskins. I don't think anybody would still say, even based on the last two weeks, that Sam Darnold has had a great season or an acceptable season. It's been disappointing. Same thing for Saquon Barkley. So in your eyes, based on what you thought coming into the year, who has had a more disappointing season? That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, give you my answer. We'll take more of your phone calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. we got to get it's, – it's a Friday. We've got to get into the football, Jets and Raiders. To me, what's riding on that game? you got the Giants and the Bears. Have you heard these rumblings that the Patriots are actually interested? Some rumblings of bringing back – Antonio Brown. The offense clearly struggling. Not a lot of weapons. Here's Antonio Brown. He's out there, right? If that does happen, what that would mean to me. And of course, we got to update the Astros cheating scandal because I think yesterday in the power of crowds, as we mentioned, we came up with what the perfect punishment would be. But, you know, Rob Manfred has been out in front of this here uh, publicly, right? He's not actually been out in front of the actual scandal. It took an article in The uh, Athletic to finally get him to move on it, something that was pretty much an open secret around baseball. But what is your level of confidence that Rob Manfred will actually get this right, despite all the public comments that he's making here? We'll get into that, too. Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We can uh, continue to have the conversations about um, Thursday night football last night. The uh, Texans coming away with the win, despite the fact that the Colts came away with the ball on a fumble that was clear, crystal clear. And the league has replay. Hard to believe, right, that something like that could happen. It would be really hard to believe, especially if you've not ever watched the NFL. I mean, it's amazing how week in and week out, critical, key calls in critical games. This is not Bengals-Dolphins, where it doesn't matter except for, for draft position. 
This is, might very well decide who wins the AFC South. Minute 48 to go. We're all sitting there watching. Well, I was, I was asleep by this point, but I watched, I, well, I, you know, had the DVR going and woke up and, and found it and watched it and was not really all that surprised. But still, the NFL screws that up. So there you go uh, on uh, week 12 of the season. We can continue to get into the Miles Garrett story, which was everywhere yesterday. I couldn't get over the amount of attention being paid to it and uh, my own takes on that. But I did want to focus a little bit on week 12 of the NFL season. Jets face off against the Raiders this week. Giants get the Bears. And at this point of the Giants season, if you are a Giants fan who is looking for change after this season in some form in terms of decision makers, I don't think even if the Giants were to lose every game the rest of the way and finish their season at 2-14, and 14, I do not get the sense that Dave Gettleman is really in any trouble. Do you get that sense? I don't. Now, we can have a conversation of whether or not you think he deserves to be, but just based on the fact that the Giants, what their reputation is, stable organization, doesn't rush to judgment, they blew out uh, the last coach after a couple of years and at least one successful year, right? Far more successful than they've been here recently. I don't get the sense that they're going to move on from Dave Gettleman. Now, if they go 2-14, and 14, it does kind of feel like, and maybe this is just my own uh, guessing here, it does kind of feel like that Pat Shermer uh, would be out. I think that if they were going to make changes, Shermer is more than likely the target than, than Gettleman. So maybe if you're a Giant fan, if you're looking for change, maybe that's something that you're rooting for. Maybe not rooting for, but secretly pulling for, that you wouldn't have any problems with them deciding to move on from a coach who, let's be honest, uh, in his two stops along the way has not had a whole lot of success. So that's one angle that's out there. And then we have the Jets who face off against the Raiders. And to me, the one thing about this game that's different, and really I don't think the Jets would have any other opportunities to do this this year. Like you look at what their schedule is. They get the Raiders. They still have, let's run through it. They have the Dolphins after that, right? Let me see. This is the 24. Okay, so it would be Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. I thought it was Dolphins, Bengals. It's Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, at the Ravens, home for the Steelers, and then you wrap up the season against the Bills. This, to me, if you want to paint a rosy picture, maybe not even a rosy picture, or a rosier picture, as some have after the last couple of weeks, the quarterback and the coach got together, they figured out the offense— well, to me, this is the last possible chance for you to make that claim. If you go out on Sunday and the Jets offense performs well against a pretty good Raider team, a team that likely is going to the playoffs. Now, I don't think that, I mean, some people have made it out like the, the Raiders are the class of the AFC. I, I don't think that the Raiders are going to win a playoff game this year, but they're a, a playoff contender. This is a legitimate team that you can face off against. If you go out on Sunday and perform well, the quarterback plays well, the offense looks functional, the offensive line does just enough to give the quarterback some time, and you throw a couple of touchdowns, I'm not even saying to have to win the game. Just go out there and perform like a good, a, uh, an average offense. Score some points, 
Don't look lost. Don't be throwing turnovers here and there. Then I think you can say, all right, well, maybe we got something turned around, even though the last two games were against god-awful teams and the Giants and the Redskins. But if you go out on Sunday against the Raiders and look lost and look how you have for a, let's be honest, a good portion of this season outside of the Cowboys game. That was a legitimate uh, contender that you, you played and you played well against at home. So to me, this is the last chance. Because if you go out there and stink up the joint, there's, I mean, where else are you going to get an opportunity to prove? I don't think that the, the Jets will be even remotely in the game against the Ravens because it's not like at that point, that's week 14. No, it would be week 15. I don't think that the Ravens are going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs wrapped up by them or a, a, a first-round bye wrapped up by them. So they'll probably still need the game. It's on the road. So I don't really see just where the Jets are and where the Ravens are. I don't see that being a competitive game. I don't even think that the Steelers game would be an example of that. You have to show this week that the last two weeks were not just a, an indicator of who you were playing. So to me, that's what's riding on this game. But that's not the poll question for today. The poll question for today, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is faith, you know, based on the two guys that we've spent so much time focused on over, at least since the decision of the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold. So our question is, which player has had the more disappointing season so far? Is it Sam Darnold or is it Saquon Barkley? Well, if I had a vote I would say the person who has had the more disappointing season would be Sam Darnold. There are no questions at all whether or not Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is a above-average running back. Some might even say an elite running back. Are there things that he needs to improve upon? Absolutely. But I know that Saquon Barkley when healthy, is a good running back. He is an effective running back. We still do not know that about Sam Darnold. You can tell me all you want that, oh, no, I see this and I see that. He has shown glimpses at times. But this second season was supposed to be a big step forward, or at least a step forward. He has not taken that step forward. I get that he's played well the last two weeks. Again, I think that that's largely due to the, the, the competition that he was facing off against. Everybody looks good against the Redskins. Just about everybody looks good against the Giants. So this was supposed to be, and historically, we have seen, right? Since there's been this trend of young quarterbacks having success right away, the first year, generally a struggle. Second year, big step forward. He has not had that step forward. You take a look at what he has done so far this year. Now, it's nice that he had the four touchdown passes, and it has been a weird year for Sam Darnold, right? You get the mono, which is not really something that you could really expect. It's not something that generally happens to any player, never mind a quarterback. But this is a season where he has admitted to seeing ghosts on the field. He is clearly, I mean, the conversation we've been having, and rightfully so, before he threw four touchdown passes against the Redskins, was that he has clearly regressed with this coach. And what does that say about this coach? And what does it say about this organization? And what does it say about the quarterback? And it's amazing how we live in the moment and we judge everything on the moment, week in and week out, that four touchdown passes against a terrible Washington team that looked like it had completely quit, at least in the secondary, all of a sudden that 
it seems like in some people's eyes, has washed that away. And he's been a turnover machine. You'd have to admit that the turnovers are a little concerning. But I would you only have one vote to give unless you have burner accounts. I don't know. Maybe you have a burner account. You have more than one vote to give. But if you only have one vote, I would say the more disappointing player this year, based on what I thought coming into the year and what they've actually put up, has been Sam Darnold. I would say, though, if you had to, granted, you only have one vote, but I don't think that the vote should be a blowout. I don't think that it's overwhelming one way or the other. I think Darnold's had a very disappointing season. But it's not like Saquon Barkley is all of a sudden hitting any home runs either. And you would have to admit, even if you're a giant fan who loved the idea of drafting Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold, the early portion of the argument, the first couple of years, were always going to favor Saquon Barkley. The running back position is one where you can just simply draft a guy, plug him in, and away he goes. It's not a generally a position that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of time to ramp up and learn the position and the ins and outs. Generally, you get a running back. He's a rookie running back. Yeah, maybe he might not be as good in year one as in year two. But it's generally a position you can kind of plug and play. Quarterback is not that position. It's, many say, the most difficult position in sports. So it was always, the argument was always going to favor Saquon Barkley about who was the better player in the early portion of the argument. But, based on an injury, which unlike the mono, the mono was completely unforeseen, right? Nobody could expect that. Nobody can blame the Jets for the quarterback getting mono. The injury to Saquon Barkley, that is not unforeseen. The running back, one of the reasons why people say don't draft running backs super high up, even if they are great, is because of the amount of wear and tear that you see in the position. It's a very disposable position. So it was always going to favor Saquon Barkley, and I still think that it would. If I was saying who was the more disappointing player, it would be Sam Darnold. But it's not exactly a blowout. And the fact that even in year two, that is not a blowout in one way for for Saquon Barkley, I think that's a bit disappointing because I think unless Sam Darnold just turns out to be a complete bust, that argument is going to narrow even further if he has any success, which he's not really had. He's had glimpses, but not any consistent count on success here through almost two years of his season, of his career. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Little drop pass now for Brock Nelson. Walking in. Back in. He's gone! Brock Nelson has won it again! My and man, Brock Nelson. Can his Islanders history! Points in 16 straight games! They go to 15-0-1 in this remarkable run! telling you when he hits puberty that voice is really going to fill out chris king the call your new home of islanders hockey 1050 a.m espn new york isles just keep flying high my islanders your islanders everybody's trying to get on the bandwagon now but you know you know who was the first really and uh that was me i was on it you might not listen every day but i've been on it since way back way back in the day your moment of inspiration for this uh, Wednesday morning. It is uh, the Gordon Dammer Show. It is uh, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today. It's on the old Twitter machine. You know it. You love it. And it is, 
so far, as we head into week 12 of the NFL season, which uh, player has had the more disappointing season so far, the second season, right? We, we, We judged it so much on the first season, which was ridiculous. Like to judge a decision, a draft decision in year one, no matter what the real decision is, is kind of crazy. And you would have to say year one, while Jet fans would still do what they did, and I think at the time I said it was the right call, draft the quarterback, quarterback's way more valuable than the running back, even if the running back turns out to be this amazing Hall of Fame type player, your success in the NFL, we've seen it time and time again. You can't say that it's the most important position in sports and then not try to find out who your quarterback is, when, especially for the Giants, even at the time. You definitely had a need at quarterback. We all knew that whenever the Giants did make a, their next playoff run or make the playoffs the next time, it was not going to be with Eli Manning at quarterback. So when you get a second pick, you would think that's the time in a quarterback deep draft to go get the quarterback. So I was in favor of taking the quarterback for the, uh, for the Giants. I was in favor of the Jets, too. So I'm not going to go back and say I'm going to flip my, my decision. But the early part of the argument was always going to favor Saquon Barkley. We knew that. But if the, the poll question, which is up for today, uh, which player has had a more disappointing season so far? I would say it's it's still Sam Darnold. Although I think he does have the chance to change that here with especially the, the schedule. I mean, look at the schedule. I mean, it's ridiculous. This is one of the last really, to me, games in and of itself that you can really kind of judge where the Jets are at. Because you can't really, I mean, you can't judge it against Washington. You can't judge it even against really, I mean, if you put up a reasonable effort against Miami and you would think right after the embarrassment of last time, they're just going to be all fired up to go out and beat Miami again or the Bengals or all the other bad teams that they face here. Or even the teams that they face at the end of the season who very well might not need the game. So it's tight. It's, it's tough to get a real fair judge on that, too. The Bills, they might need the game, but they might not. We'll have to see when we get to week 17. So if it were me voting, I would say it would be Sam Darnold. But I would not say it's a blowout because you'd have to say at this point, this was a second season where you figured that Saquon Barkley, even with all the problems the Giants have, even with eventually going to go to a rookie quarterback at some point, and it was earlier rather than later, you would think that the one thing that you'd been able to count on would be Saquon Barkley. And I get it. The high ankle sprain certainly has uh, slowed him down and has made him a different player. But it's not like injuries at the running back position are unforeseen problems. It's one of the reasons why it doesn't really make sense to draft one as high as they did. So I would still say it would be Sam Darnold. It would not be a blowout. And I'm sure that I will get that, oh, you're just a Jet hater. You're Gordon, you're just a Jet hater. Well, I just gave you that I would have done the same thing as the Jets. So if I were a Jet hater... Wouldn't I just hate every single decision that they've made? Wouldn't I hate every single thing that they did? When they do things well, I say. That's one of the things I always get. Well, if they go out and beat the Raiders, what are you going to say? I'm going to say that's a good, that's a great job by them. Good. If the quarterback plays well, I'll say, hey, you know what? The quarterback played well, and that's a, that's a major sign of growth considering where he's been this year. And where has he been this year? Well, Gordon, here you go. Well, why would I be saying, hey, Gordon? No, I'd be saying, hey, you. I'm Gordon. I don't even know who the hell I am anymore. He is, I get that he's missed time. I get that he's not working with the greatest uh, collection of uh, talent. 
But let's not make it out. Let's not delude ourselves based on the last couple of weeks that somehow this has been a good season for Sam Darnold. He's ranked 28th in quarterback ratio. And you can't really use the counting stats because he missed the time with the mono. But you look at all the ratio, all the percentage stats, they're terrible. Or they're below average. Let's put it that way. Either one. Whichever you want. He's 28th in quarterback uh, rating. He's 32nd in interception ratio. You can't use just strict interceptions because he missed all the time, right? Other guys are going to have more interceptions than him. He's 20th in completion percentage. Not the dregs, but not you, not what you would say is good. Sack percentage, he's 27. All the, the indicators that you can really use as a judge, and I get it. It's not simply him alone. He's not a tennis player. He's not a boxer doing it by himself. But all the stats point to a disappointing second season. Let's not try to, to paint it differently than it actually is. I think both guys have had disappointing second seasons. So you can vote any way you want, and please do, early and often, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But I think, to me, it would be Sam Darnold's had the more disappointing second season based on what we said, right? Quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, second year, you usually see that big step forward. And some of that step forward probably was was altered by the fact the mono came when it did and the schedule when he came back. But let's not make it out like it hasn't been a disappointing season. It has been. All right, let's go out to uh, the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. We'll go to uh, Danny is in center point. Danny, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up? You know, Gordon, I've spoken to you before. You know, as a realistic Jet fan, you know, and when I say realistic, I mean, I'm 50 years old. I've literally gone to games since I'm 10. So I'm a season ticket holder for 40 years. Okay? So there's really not much I haven't been through. Um, well, winning. You haven't year, been through winning, Danny. I would say that's uh, well, yeah. exactly right. my point. Yeah. So there's not too much. I'm not delusional as, I, as what I'm getting at. So okay. the point is, I, I looked at this season as, as a, a trend forward season, maybe get lucky and go eight and eight and just see, you know, a good sign of an organization making all the right moves and, and, and turning in the right direction. And with the first five weeks, we all know we, we've talked it to death. It was an absolute disaster. Yeah. So Couldn't be me, worse. As, I'm, as I'm looking at it, Gordon, the last six weeks, there are three games that we could possibly win in three games, if you'd like to say, let me at least be competitive. To sneak out of this season at 6-10 and 10 at this point, and that's the best I can do, at 6-10, and 10, I, I, could, I could say it wasn't a total disaster with everything that we were dealt with. And again, we've discussed everything we've been dealt with. The mono, the no players, the injuries. I mean, it's, it has been an absolute mess. Uh, again, I'm not delusional. You know, after the Miami win, I was, I was four gates for off season, even in the beginning, whatever. By when we lost to Miami, I was screaming from the high heavens that I was completely embarrassed, and I still am. But I'm willing to give it a chance and understand that that's what it takes to be a good organization. You need to see some competitive at this point, some some discipline, some 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 just some continuity with this team the last six weeks. Give me six and ten, and show me that in the last six weeks, and and I'll, I'll get back and say I, I, I'm all in. But if I don't see that. I'm still back to having a problem. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think that you have to, I mean, you have to get to at least five wins, right? Like, I don't expect them to win the Raider game. I think they'll have a, a possibility. Raiders are flying across the country. We've seen what teams uh, from uh, from California flying across the country sometimes, you know, might take things uh, a little uh, lightly. And who did the Raiders, the Raiders after the Jets, I think they have, do they have the Chiefs the following week? I think they do. 
So that this could clearly be a little bit of a trap game where the Raiders take the Jets a little lightly. So I think the Jets will be in the game, and I, I don't think that they'll be completely outclassed. Uh, so I don't, but I don't expect you. I don't go in expecting you to beat the Raiders. But you play the Bengals, who have literally not won a game, and really have not. Uh, it seems like if any team is really talking about tanking right now and making sure they get the number one pick, it would be the Bengals, right? They're they're playing a kid at quarterback who is completely overwhelmed, so much so that they're not even remotely competitive in games. So that's a game. You, I don't care if it's on the road. It could be on the moon. You have to win that game. So that's one. So that gets you to four wins. You then face the Dolphins the following week at home after what happened in the previous, right? I mean, you, ha- you have to win that game. So if you get to five, I think that that's, that's the bare minimum that you can get to and not be screaming about the season. Even though the season, he's absolutely right. I mean, he's not wrong. The season has been one disaster after another. And there's lots of areas that you can focus on. Obviously, the coach is one that people have, and we have screamed about time and time again. But if you can get another win, if you can get to 6-10, and 10, it's kind of hard for me to see that right now when the Ravens, Steelers, Bills, and Raiders, you got to find one of those. I guess if you were going to say you're going to get one of them, you'd have to say it's this week. If you want to get to 6-10, and 10, it's got to be, you got to win this week. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, we've been touched, uh, we touched on the, the football, obviously, for this weekend, a poll question, which is up for today on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Who's had a more disappointing second season? Has it been Sam Darnold? Has it been Saquon Barkley? You can vote on that uh, there. I do want to touch on the baseball, which we I feel like we have to touch on every single day because it's, A, it, it, right now it is the story. This is the story right now. It's not about two hapless New York football teams that can't get out of their own way. It's not about the Knicks. It's not about the Nets. It's it's about the baseball. And what this commissioner, who is now very public, right? He's coming out and telling you stuff every single day about this thing and that thing, what the punishment could be. But, but, but. All right. So yesterday, I think on this show, we came up with what the right punishment. Now, maybe, I don't know. I don't listen to that many other shows. Maybe other people have come up with this punishment as well. But I think the power of crowds, we started with some ridiculous things that were completely outside the window of possibilities. The Overton window, as you, as you, you may. And I think we came up with what the right punishment is. If it is proven that the Astros did this in 2017, forget about the, the fact that baseball is now investigating 2018 and 2019. If it comes out that the Astros, as it's being alleged, cheated in the way they did, well, then baseball has only one true remedy. Yes, they can do other things, but the main part of the punishment has to be both Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch being fired and banned from baseball. Now, they can apply for reinstatement. It's not guaranteed, but that's how serious of a crime, if it is proven, which it certainly seems like there's not, the defense is rested so far, right? Like <laughs> the prosecution in terms of the public court of public opinion, they're having a field day right now. Meanwhile, the, the defense is basically the first lawyer that they had in my cousin, Vin, the guy who was stuttering all over himself, right? I have problems in crowds. Oh, geez. So the proper punishment, that has to be what it is. You have to punish the act and deter anyone from ever even thinking about doing something similar. All the other remedies that have been suggested, some realistic, some unrealistic, don't do that. You could take away the Astros draft picks 
from now until kingdom come, that would not deter anybody from thinking and doing something similar based on the fact it worked. Fines don't do that. You can't suspend every single player considering some of the players don't even play anymore. And taking away the world, vacating their title, that doesn't do that. Now, Rob Manfred has said a lot of stuff since the scandal broke, but let's make it clear. I have zero faith in this commissioner, maybe more so than any commissioner that is currently on the job right now of getting this punishment right. I think all of them have their flaws. They're not perfect in any way. But I have zero confidence. And maybe Rob Manfred, hopefully he proves me wrong. Maybe that it will turn out he does come up with the right punishment. But for anybody who's saying, well, you know what? Everybody's doing it. Well, maybe. But unfortunately for the Astros, they got caught. And they're the first one to get caught on this scale. Well, Gordon, it's only cheating if you got caught. Yeah, well, they got caught. They've been busted. This has to go to both Lunau and Hinch, mainly. But Beltron and Cora also absolutely should face discipline. Do I think that that's going to happen? No, I don't. No, I don't. I think the baseball will end up screwing this up, much like they screwed it up with the Red Sox. All right, let's get some calls in. one 800 espn Jets around the table, the baseball, the, all the stuff, Miles Garrett, everything. Uh, my uh, Michael in West Orange. Michael, go, my man. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. Good. Now, the reason I was calling in is because, you know, the Jets won two games in a row, and, it you know, it seems like a lot of people are going to assume that now there's a a positive track going forward, if you will, it's still going to be the same old storyline. I, I don't see them uh, beating Miami again. And, oh, um, God, if know, they don't. The, the Raiders, you know, unless the Raiders come in half asleep, you know, with jet lag, I don't see them beating Oakland either. Well, look, I, I don't see them beating Oakland. Uh, my, to me, you have to be able to win two games here. Of the schedule that you have left, you have to beat the Bengals. Bengals literally have not beaten anybody. And, and based on what happened the first game, with as inept as you were, and just generally what the rivalry is, usually they end up splitting. So I would think that the Jets kind of have to win that game, and that gets you to five. Now, can I find another win? No, I can't. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. And if you're looking for a sixth win, I think probably your best opportunity is this week. Dan in Queens. Dan, go, my man. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm a Giants fan, and I think if the Jets do beat Oakland, I think they could beat Pittsburgh, and I think they could beat uh, Buffalo because they're the same quality team. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably oh, no, no, no. I mean, they're not the same quality team as Buffalo. <laughs> no. Come on, Dan. Yeah. And as far as uh, Houston, yeah. what I think what I think needs to happen, and no one's talking about it, yeah. you have to go after the owner. They knew about it. The owners know about it. Yeah, but the Dan, I mean, well, you, what, what are you going to force the answer? I think Dan has started his weekend early. Uh, what are you going to do to the owner? Are you going to fine him $100 billion? I, look, if I don't think that A.J. Hinch or Jeff Lunau are going to get lifetime bans, I certainly don't think that there's going to be a fine that's going to be worthy. Hey, you win the World Series, but we'll fine you $10 million. Okay. Let's go to Jay in Long Island. Jay, go, man. Hey, Gordon, I think you're wrong. Um, yeah. I don't think it should be any type of lifetime ban. This is the same thing as, like, Spygate, you know, Belichick didn't get a lifetime ban. Kraft didn't get a lifetime no, the, the, ban. Jay, this is way worse than that. This is uh, this is way worse than everything. This is like steroids if the team were giving the players steroids. This is a team that has instituted a program like this. I mean, it's crazy. No, they have to get hammered, not just for what they've done, 
but to make sure that nobody else even thinks about doing this in the future. It's crystal clear, and it's easy for really what the punishment is if it's proven, which, again, it's not like the defense. It's not like there's anybody on the Astros side throwing out videos every single day saying, well, see, no, it, it really wasn't like this. So far, it's been a blow. So far, it's been Duke against Marathon Oil at Duke. It's not been close. I will be back tomorrow starting at 7 a.m. Didn't get us on the phones? Hit us up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer on Twitter, at Gordon Damer on Instagram, and we'll see you tomorrow at 7. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.